I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Blake Topmeyer is the SEC columnist for the USA Today Sports Network. He's on Twitter on X at Topmeyer. His podcast, SEC Football Unfiltered, drops each and every week. Blake, did you go to Baton Rouge last night? I did. I was uh, in the house for a top 10 matchup, South Carolina LSU. LSU had them on the ropes for about three and a half quarters and couldn't knock them out, but I'm kind of wondering if that's a game we'll see again, maybe uh, maybe in March. Big game atmosphere. Looked like it on TV. It really was. Uh, I mean, sellout crowd, and uh, so I got there, uh, I guess just a behind the curtain inside baseball. So I got to the lot where I was supposed to park 90 minutes before tip-off. I mean, usually there's plenty of time. Especially for before, basketball. Yeah, for basketball. Football, I like to get there two hours early. Yeah. There about, uh, basketball, 90 minutes should be plenty of time, right? Yes. There's not a parking spot within a half mile of the stadium. Uh, I mean, people in pickup trucks and SUVs are hopping concrete curbs, pumping, parking in the muddy grass. Um, of course, I'm in a rental I don't have a monster pickup truck. I'm like, where, where do I park? Uh, so finally I found a spot a long, long ways away. Um, but yeah, the arena was full 60 minutes before tip off. Um, great atmosphere. I thought LSU, you know, Kim Mulkey squad showed that despite some of their missteps this season, they still have national championship level talent, uh, but they don't have a ton of depth. And I thought their decision-making was incredibly poor, and I know that's affected them at different times this season. Uh, I thought LSU played smarter for most of the game. So, or, excuse me, LSU played better. South Carolina played smarter, um, and, and I think that's really why they were able to win it. Yeah, I don't know. Every time I watch South Carolina play, it's like you, you really have to beat them. Like they're not going to beat themselves. Like that, it's like I even yeah. think back even like last year, like, you had to have Caitlin Clark go off like she did. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you, you don't just you, – you don't let you don't sit back and let them beat themselves because they just don't do it. That's right. The other thing, though, about last year, Iowa, uh, I thought it was a great game plan in that semifinal game last year because the one thing South Carolina last year did not do well was they couldn't hit outside shots. And South Carolina packed it in and just dared them yeah. to shoot from the perimeter last year, and they couldn't do it. Well, Dawn Staley, to her credit – you know, brought in some some shooters, mostly via recruits. Uh, South Carolina doesn't hit the transfer portal too hard, uh, but they got some sharp shooters, and they hit some big threes and big moments last night. And in a year's time, they turned like their only weakness 
which was perimeter shooting into a team's strength. I mean, they're, they're now one of the better three point shooting teams in the country. Um, and, and, and yeah, I, I thought it, it, it's a good point because LSU beat themselves. I mean, end of quarter situations yeah. were crucial. Um, Angel Reese. Yeah. There were some ticky tack calls. I mean, just downright bad officiating at times in that game, which is a theme of women's college basketball, but and the, men's. Fifth foul on, it, the, the, the fifth foul on Angel Reese was a no doubter. Like yeah. you, you can't, you can't do that in that situation. And, um, that was the game right there. I mean, LSU was up two when Reese got her fifth foul, but they couldn't beat South Carolina without her on the floor. What interests you in, in the men's league right now? Uh, I mean, it, not much. Like, I, I feel like it's kind of a... It feels like everybody uh, wins at home, and then it 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 honestly feels like the league is going to turn out whoever plays the best on the road. I hope everybody's sitting down for this. Like That feels like <laughs> who's going to win by default, because I was watching the, the Alabama-Auburn game earlier this week, and it struck me as yeah. like three games in one. At first, I'm sitting there thinking, man, Auburn's going to run them out of the gym. And then before the end of the half, you're thinking, Alabama's going to run them out of the gym. And then Auburn kind of comes back and Alabama puts them away. But, like, I, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know if I think either one of those teams are the one that's going to be the last one standing. I don't either. And I don't see that team from the SEC this year. Like, I guess some people might say Tennessee, but I, I am over that narrative. I mean, until he proves otherwise, second-round Rick is going to be second-round Rick to me. Um, I mean, I feel like believe believe who they are once they've showed you, right? Uh, second uh, round I'm in Rick the same spot it. with them. I guess the one thing I'll give him is I do feel like they're playing differently this year. Like, he is yeah, like – We've heard that before, right? That's true. Like, I mean, no, I think there's true. been yeah. other times where we've, we've tried to believe this narrative that oh, this team feels different, they're built to last, and then, and then they never do. But, uh, you know, last year I thought there was like three or four teams – where you could say from the SEC had a chance to contend for the title. I mean, Bama was kind of at the top of the list with all their, they had all the off court controversies, but you know, on the court, they were really talented. Um, and, and I thought like the league was kind of, you know, holding the banner up high last year of like, see, we, we care about men's basketball. Now we we're investing in this, which I mean, there's some truth in that, right? Like, I mean, Greg Sankey kind of sent that message when he became commissioner. And I think a lot of schools took up that charge um, with a level of seriousness. Uh, but now, I mean, that, that cry is kind of falling flat, I think, a year later. I mean, maybe somebody breaks through and gets to the final four. Maybe it's Tennessee. Again, I don't totally buy it. But I just don't see a ton of contenders. Like, I, I see a lot of NCAA tournament teams. I think they're going to qualify uh, several teams for the tournament. But as far as teams that can be there the second weekend and especially the third weekend, I think it's an incredibly short list, and, and I'm not sure there's anybody on that list. Is it getting weird at Arkansas? Uh, maybe a little bit, yeah. Um, I mean, and not, just, not that, at least phrase, phrase it this way, not in the sense that, like, he's in trouble. I just right. wonder, he's a guy that doesn't stay anywhere too long. And I, I watched that game this week, and he's got Tremont Marks sitting out for a migraine, and... <laughs> Like I've never seen Blake. He he had to have hammered ten diet cokes on the bench. I've never seen someone drink like that much. Like normally they'll go for water or something. Like he was just hammering diet cokes. And I'm sitting there wondering, like, man, does he got one foot out the door? Well, yeah, and uh, you know we've, they've they've reached to the point of the season where Muslims talking about how many players they lost from last year. It's yeah. just like that defeated coach mentality of like. 
well, what did you expect? I lost all these players. And it's like, yeah, but you're the coach. Like, you of all people should have known you were going to lose all these players. Um, you, it's, it's your job to withstand the losses, right? Um, yeah, it is. Um, I guess it's a little surprising to see because I think if you had asked me a couple years ago, like coaches who are at programs that can be perennially good, I mean, I think, you know, Musselman and, and Arkansas would have been, you know, among the top three or four or five programs I, I would have mentioned. I mean, uh, I mean, Kentucky, yeah, they're maybe that fan base is out on Cal, but you know, they're going to be there relevant every year. Um, you know, Rick Barnes and Tennessee are going to be relevant every year. Bruce Pearl and Auburn, yeah. I think are going to be relevant in most years. And I think I would have had, you know, Arkansas right in that level of the conversation, but um, yeah, it's It's not, like you said, it's not hot seat scenario, but it's like, um, what's going on here? Does, you know, cause most of always been a guy that you felt like had one bag packed anyway. Like yes. he had a, he had a go bag ready, uh, in, in case the posse starts closing in, you grab the go bag and, and you're gone, uh, with a new, uh, social security number, new alias in the next town over. Right. Like that. I mean, that was sort of his MO and maybe it's just a bad season, but it does make you start to wonder, uh, you know, maybe, maybe there's something to, to that. Maybe it's time to grab the go bag. Well, and because the other job, you know, the one that keeps getting brought up is Louisville. And then, mm-hmm. you know, I keep wondering, it's like, how good of a job is that? Like, they care. Obviously, they care a lot. Right. But I think what's made it so difficult, and like, I even think about it with Arkansas in general, like, what, two years ago, we would have thought, man, Arkansas is like one of the few schools that like, they got their football coach, they got their basketball coach, and then their baseball program is rolling. Like, in, in, like mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, you could have made the argument that they were as stable, and then it's just like two years later, now you're wondering, it's like, well, Pittman feels like it's a dead man walking. It's not that Musselman feels like dead man walking, but you're, to your point, like, you wonder, like, is he is he looking around, actively looking around? I mean, Van Horn's still going to be solid, but at the same time, it's like, it just shows how quickly it can turn now. Yeah, and when it turns at Arkansas, that is a fan base um, that can get really frustrated and really down in the dumps because, like, unlike some SEC fans are like this more so than others, but, like, Arkansas, they don't have anything else to root for. Like, maybe they're Cardinals baseball fans. But not really. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, but not really. Like, it, it is Arkansas and and not not much else to root for for them. So when they have multiple major programs down – um, that can become a pretty frustrated fan base that demands action. You know, I, I feel like that is a school and a fan base that's oftentimes overlooked in the national media for whatever reason. Maybe it's because they haven't had, you know, the highest levels of football success. But, um, you know, I don't know that they rank at like the top of the list of the crazies, but I do think that when, when times are rough at Arkansas, they want change. They want something to believe in. And I, I don't even think it's a fan base that expects national championships. It's just like they want to be relevant. They don't want to look around at, at two of their marquee programs and feel like, you know, they're in, they're in the dumps on both the football and the men's basketball front. And certainly when it comes to football, they're struggling to see any, any momentum. And it's not like you can just turn on your NFL team on Sundays because you have no NFL team. I mean, I I know Tennessee, you know, has some pro sports and I guess there's a handful of Titans fans that exist out there, but in a lot of ways, I think 
Um, Arkansas and Tennessee fans share some similarities. Uh, Tennessee fans probably have earned their reputation for being uh, a little crazier, certainly on social media. But I do think there's a lot of overlap there. And it's and another overlap is it's a school that cares about both football and men's basketball. I'm not saying, you know, Tennessee. Right. And now they care about baseball. Yeah, now, and now they care about baseball. There are a lot of similarities, I think, between between those kind schools. Of both and, are in the corners of the state, you know. Mm-hmm. And they have statewide following, yeah. um, you know. And, and, and when they have multiple athletic programs down, like I said, it can be particularly rough. Now, that's one thing that Tennessee's had at its advantage, even though, you know, at least since Barnes uh, got to – got to basketball and then even dating back to Bruce Pearl, like oftentimes basketball has provided a bright spot for the athletic department when football hasn't been humming. Um, and, and now Arkansas finds itself in a spot where, you know, they're both having down years. Would you rather be Sam Pittman or Billy Napier? Uh, I'd rather be Billy Napier because I think it's buyouts more. So I'm, I'm all yeah, about the Benjamin. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Uh, that's, stuff, that's a pretty stuff, good point. Yeah. Stuff my pocket. Like, Pittman's got that clause in his contract where at some point this upcoming season, I forget which exact game it is, but at some point he's going to lose and trigger that clause where all of a sudden he wakes up the next day and his buyout uh, is, is substantially lower than it was the day before because he's got that weird uh, record clause in his, in his contract that can trigger a lower buyout. So Billy doesn't have that in his contract. So I'd rather be Billy, but in terms of like buyouts aside, which would I'd rather be, I, I have a hard time making a case for either because I don't like uh, the roster situation for either of those schools this year. Um, Florida's schedule is is an absolute bear. I think they got 11 Power 5 opponents on the schedule uh, because when they scheduled UCF, that was a group of five, but that's Power 5 now. I guess I should say Power 4. But, yeah, 11 of 12 games are against Power 4s. Uh, Arkansas' schedule is pretty stiff, too. So, I don't want to be either one of those programs. I think Florida's roster has downgraded. If you look at what they lost first, what they gained in the transfer portal, that that was a school that could not afford to lose many talented players uh, to transfers. And they did, and they didn't gain nearly enough, which is a recurring theme with Napier. Uh, And then Arkansas, like, I feel like the best thing they had going for them the last couple of years was KJ Jefferson. And even that didn't look great at times last year. Uh, but now he's gone. They brought in the Boise State quarterback. I think it's Taylor Green. Yeah, I don't. I, uh, I don't think that's an upgrade. That's not an upgrade. Um, so yeah, I, I think both those those programs are headed for a bad way. And um, yeah, if, you, if you're asking me to sit here today, if, if either one of those coaches is going to make it to 25, I would say uh, no and no. I think they're both gone by this time next year. We had three coaching changes this year, correct? Yes. What would you set the over-under at next year? Uh, I know I'm supposed to set it at a half, you know, something and a half, right? But or, I feel you, like if you I could, it, or you could juice it one way or the other. You could juice it. You could set it as a flat number and juice it. Yeah, I, I'd probably put it right at three because I think if I set it at two and a half. Um, Everybody take I, I the over. Easy, I think it's easy for me. I think I'm taking the over for sure. I think, I think that's the natural thing. If you set it at three and a half, then I think you're going to get a lot of unders because I think three is going to be probably the magic number. I think it's going to be Napier. Uh, I think it's going to be Pittman. Um, and then who's the third? If Vanderbilt wakes up and realizes it has a, a football program, it's going to realize that its football program stinks and has no momentum and it's going to fire Clark Lee. So I, I, 
I think that could be the third if if anyone recognizes that the program exists over there. Um, how bad does it get for South Carolina this year? I mean, they were willing to stick around with Muschamp for a while. They're they're not the quickest trigger in the conference, and it was just two years ago, 2022. Uh, Shane Beamer went eight and five, but it was bad last year, and I think it's going to be worse this year. So I think there's a possibility um, that that Beamer could find his way on the hot seat. And I I don't think Brent Venables, he's not on the hot seat. I mean, he won 10 games last season, right? But I'm really interested to see how this year goes for Oklahoma, because if it's a poor debut in the SEC, while Texas is not, not skipping a beat, which I think is highly possible, that is going to crank up some serious heat on Venables. I think he, I think he's fine into 2025. Um, but I, but I think he could start taking on water this year. So yeah, I think it's going to be three and I think Pittman and Napier are going to be two. Um, and I guess, well, uh, and if Napier's one of those, uh, is there a coach in Oxford that might be looking at it? (laughs) That's a good point. I'm thinking of firing. Yeah. Not changes. Not changes. Yes. Yeah. You phrased it as coaching changes. So maybe I do need to set it at three and a half because, you're absolutely right on that. I mean, maybe I'm off in the weeds, although there's other people off in the weeds with me if I am, because I've been thinking for about three years now that if Lane Kiffin leaves Oxford, one of the perfect places for him was Florida. I never thought he was really going to end up at Alabama. I thought Auburn would have been a bad fit. Florida's not the only place where I thought he could go, but it's been consistently for years now a place where I think he makes a lot of sense. I mean, if Florida wants the next Spurrier, I think Lane Kiffin's not the spitting image of Spurrier, but, but he's kind of the new. He, he's the new age one. He's the new age Spurrier, yes, and that is a fan base that not only wants to win, it wants to be entertained. Uh, and if it loses, they're not happy. But I think they can stomach a few losses per year if they're entertained along the way. I mean, that's Lane Kiffin to a T, right? I think Lane Kiffin at Florida is going to deliver a lot of 9-10 plus win seasons, uh, and they're going to be entertaining and relevant every year. I think it would be – I think it could be a really good marriage, um, and, I, and I do think it could be something that would tempt Lane, although there's probably 15 jobs that I think would tempt, would tempt Lane. But um, yeah, just it, it, might, it might have to involve a leadership change there at AD, but, I mean, Scott Strickland's already hired two coaches. Do we believe he's going to get to hire a third? Usually doesn't happen. Could it get weird in LSU? I don't think so because, I mean, it depends. Like, So they open with SC, which feels like if you want to open with SC, them having to break in a quarterback, that feels like a, a, a good time, right? Mm-hmm. All right, then they get, man, their schedule's super weird. So they open with SC in Vegas, then they have Nickel State at South Carolina, UCLA at home, South Alabama at home. Then they host Ole Miss on October 12th. They have a bye week in between at Arkansas, at A&M, Bama at home, at Florida, which could be late stage Napier, Vandy, and then they close with Oklahoma. I think you're right. It probably can't get weird. No, I think there's enough there to where they're going to go about nine and three. And I think there will be some frustration of where's the momentum? Why? You know, he won 20 games through two seasons. This was supposed to be the year. But I think what quiets that down is Brian Kelly's on a recruiting tear right now. Uh, I mean, there's, there's been a lot of attention this offseason and how he's revamped 
his coaching staff. And I think he's done a really nice job on the defensive side in particular, uh, upgrading that staff. But what I look at even more is the way he's recruiting. I mean, the first couple years under Kelly, he recruited fine, but it was basically like what you expected an LSU recruiting class to be. Not, it, it didn't exceed expectations, but it didn't come in really too far below either. But this year, yeah, it wasn't alarming. Got, it wasn't alarming either way. Correct. Yeah, but but now looking out toward this 2025 class, the one that'll sign in December, he's already got three five stars committed, including the nation's number one. Uh, quarterback prospect, who I think he's the number one overall prospect, period, Bryce Underwood out of Michigan. So, you know, I think it's one of those things where maybe it's taking a little longer than LSU fans will like to get to national championship relevance. I mean, they've been relevant the last two years, 20 wins through two seasons, but I think, I mean, they brought Brian Kelly in to win national titles, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, you know, and I think LSU fans would say, well, Ed Ogeron won it in year three. Les Miles won it in year three. Brian Kelly should have won it in year three. Okay, maybe that was a fine expectation, but I don't think you throw him overboard. You know, if he goes nine and three, and then he's he's got a top five recruiting class coming in with multiple five star prospects, including the number one overall quarterback recruit. Like I think it just means it's going to take an extra year or two longer than what some of that fan base would have wanted, but I still think there's going to be plenty of momentum that's, that's visible within that program. How would you rank from most likely to least likely? How many teams do you think actually have like legitimate playoff aspirations? This coming year? Uh, I'm saying the football, this coming year, the football teams, not the fan bases. Like when you, when you look at rosters, you're like, okay, that team can be a playoff team. How many would you actually say there are right now? Uh, okay, so let's start at the top. You have Georgia and Texas. They're, they're firmly there. Yes. Uh, Ole, Ole Miss, I think that's very realistic to, for them to think they got a shot at the playoff. That's three. Um, I'm going to put Tennessee into the conversation. I don't think it's crazy for, for Tennessee to be in playoff contention, particularly because they get Bama at home, and now this is a weekend uh, Bama roster. It's still Bama, but it's it's diluted. Um, so I think Tennessee's on the list. That's four teams. I would still put Bama in the conversation, even though I think it's it's very reasonable to think that, that they could miss the playoff. We were talking, I believe it was last week, yeah. that I think eight and four could very much be in play for Bama. But, you know, I mean, we know, at least previously, the committee loves Saban. Will they still love Bama? We'll see. I mean, maybe right, nine that's and three. The question. Do they love Saban enough. or do they love Bama? Right, and and we'll find that out because if they go nine and three, they still love Bama. They could they could get in. So that's five. Um, Missouri has a really pretty favorable schedule. Um, you know, I, I think losing Cody Schrader is big, but they bring back most of the offense. I think the defense is still going to be pretty good. Would not surprise me at all if Missouri goes like nine and three this year. Uh, is nine and three enough to get in? Probably not. But if I'm talking about them going nine and three. All that takes is to one, flip the record by one, one game. game. Yeah, yeah, and and they're in the playoffs. So that's six teams, and I think I think that's probably the line of demarcation for me. Uh, I guess you could put Oklahoma into the conversation, but I just I'm in the camp that thinks Oklahoma is going to have some growing pains, have some struggles. I don't I don't think that looks like six and six, um, but I think it's going to be a little bit of a of a bumpy ride. And then LSU, we were just talking about them. I, I probably put them, I mean, it's not totally crazy for them to think they could be a playoff contender, but 
Um, I, I don't know. I, I think they're probably a year away uh, from, from what I see from being in the playoffs. But you could put them in the conversation. But I guess I would draw the line after the top six. And then if you want to stretch it to another layer of it's not ridiculous to put them in the mix, I would put in probably LSU and Oklahoma and and probably cut it at eight teams there. Am I, am I missing anybody obvious? No, because I was thinking, like, by the same line, if we're going to say Missouri at 9-3, and three, I think we probably have to throw LSU in because we – I think I think that's fair. By, by yeah. the same – like, if we're going to be consistent on the logic. I mean, I don't see it with Auburn yet. No. I don't see it with Kentucky. I don't see, I don't see it with A and M, but I, you know what I mean. Like I don't know. I think they lost too much, and I don't think they gained enough on on the backside. Um, I know they get the quarterback Connor Wigman back, but I don't think he's like I'm going to put the team on my back and lead him to the playoff type of quarterback. I mean, it, it might be a fine debut uh, for, for Mike Elko, but I don't. I don't put fine debut as playoff contender. I, I would put them. I would be surprised uh, if if we're if we're distinguishing between surprised and shocked. I would be surprised, not shocked, if A and M is in the playoffs. So yeah, they they would fall under my category of this team would surprise me to get in. I would be shocked if Vanderbilt gets in. I would be surprised if A and M gets in. Yeah, I'm trying to think who I would even like put A and M. I honestly, I think I, I hate to say it, but like I feel like. And I'm not even doing this just because of the the coaching rumors, but it's like I feel like if A and M got in, I'd feel the same way if like Kentucky got in. Like I'd have to like see how it happened, but it's like I would certainly not bet on it. And like I'm not Correct. even hunting out like the like even if you could give me really good odds, like I'm just not hunting out. Like it feels like they could be the team that goes eight and four or even maybe nine and three, and they feel good about their coach and where they're headed, but like I just, man, a lot has to, like, I'd have to, like, see someone would have to paint me the picture of how they get into the playoff, because I don't see it on paper. No, and and I think, you know, the, the big picture of this playoff thing is, like, aside from Vanderbilt, probably 15 of the 16 SEC teams in their best years, in their once-in-a-decade type season for some of these programs, could contend for a playoff spot. But what we're seeing as we, we kind of unpack this conversation is that doesn't mean going into any given year, 15 right. out of the 16 You're teams You're building can make for a run. Yeah. And so when I look at it this year, like I, I think there's at least five teams who I'm willing to eliminate from the playoff here before we even hit February. I'm eliminating Vanderbilt, South Carolina, Arkansas, Mississippi State, and I'm putting Florida into that mix too. Those five teams are eliminated from the 12 team playoff right here today. Uh, I've eliminated them. Do, do you object to any of that? Or are we I do not. down to 11? Yeah, I do not. So we're down to 11 and that's including probably some fringe. Te- I mean, I, I didn't cut off Auburn. That to me is the long shot of long shots, particularly if they don't make a change at quarterback, if they don't get somebody in the spring portal uh, session here. So, you know, there's probably a couple other teams such as an Auburn, that are really close to being on my list of I'm eliminating you before February, but I'll, I'll hold off for now, but I feel pretty comfortable in axing five of the 16 teams from the playoff right here. So again, that goes to show four of those five teams I mentioned, everyone, but Vanderbilt, they could contend for the playoff if this format exists for 10 years in, in the, in the right year. But in, in a particular year, 
you know, we're not going to have uh, 15 teams or, or even 13, 14 teams coming into a season with legitimate playoff aspirations. Yeah, I think then the other question is like, how many teams, when we get to November, and I guess maybe the other problem is we don't know, this format is going to exist for two years, and then they're going to shake it up again. Right. But it's like, how many teams are they going to really get in? Yeah, I think I think four would be the most common number. Um, you know, I think if this format existed for 10 years, which it probably won't. The last format existed for 10 years on the nose. I doubt that this one does. But if it did exist, exist for 10 years, I think uh, if I'm remembering my math terms, uh, four would be, uh, which one is it, the mean or the mode? The so number the mean, that mean is the same thing as average. Median is, think of median middle. That's right. Yeah, median. I, I said mean. Uh, mean is the median, average. Yeah. 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 I was going for median there. It would, the median number would be four. You know, the average number might be like three point eight or something yeah. like that. Um, I, I, I think they could get five in a given year. Uh, I don't. I think the expect, SEC's expectation is that oh, we're going to get five teams. But like, I think in in practice, that's going to be really hard. I, I think. Um, you know, a lot of years the SEC is going to snag uh, four spots. The Big Ten is going to snag, uh, say, three, four spots. Let's let's call it four for the Big Ten, four for the SEC. That's eight, and that leaves uh, four for everybody else. Three of which uh, are going to be auto bids, right? So I, I think that's probably a real outlook in the situation. Theoretically, theoretically, yes. All right, we'll close here. After year one. Who do you think is going to feel the best about their new coach? Uh, I'm trying to think of my options here. So, so, so you're saying Jeff Levy, Mike Elko, or yep. Kalen DeBoer? Yep. Um, I think it will be Texas A&M with Mike Elko. That doesn't mean I think he's going to have the best record. No, of the three. That's, that's the point of year one. Like, who feels the best yeah. after a year? I think, I think uh, A&M fans will be feeling like, hey, we got rid of Jimbo. This guy's rebuilding. Uh, we're seeing where this is going now. Will that be uh, a lie? Will that be a, a, a you know a fairy tale? Yeah, very well could be. But I think Alabama, if they go eight and four, nine and three, their fans are going to think the sky is falling. This guy's a bum. Get Nick Saban back in here as quick as possible. Um, Mississippi State, I think it's going to be a struggle in, in year one for for uh, State and Jeff Levy. So I don't know that they're going to be on cloud nine. So I think. A&M fits that sweet spot of they're going to win just enough yeah. to where their fan base is going to convince themselves, hey, we're moving in the right direction. Just wait till year two or three. Buddy, I really appreciate it. Have a great weekend. Yeah, you too. That is Blake Topmeyer. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 